This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I must have didn't start talking because I was too busy dancing on that intro. I mean, I, I'm sorry if you're in your car and you just start dancing and the person next to you looks at you weird. That's just the price you pay listening to this awesome podcast. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Um, we got a lot to cover. What a wild weekend in MMA. Um, I jumped on Friday night, did a little impromptu podcast. I've, I've since listened to it back and uh, I was quite delirious. I had a pretty exhausting day. My mind was uh, pretty much melted from the get-go about the car changes and then, you know, what, what should I gamble on? And then, you know, I couldn't get Steve on and, you know, no excuses. You know what? You got to play through. You got to play through. So I tried. So I'm going to I'm gonna have a good podcast today. I got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, we're going over the same thing we always do. You know, we're going to break down some current news. We're going to go over UFC 223. I'm going to tell you about all the bets I won or lost. Um, giving my opinions on on some of the performances, I got a lot to talk about. It was a, it was a unique card, and then I'm gonna end it with a top five. Um, really, stay for the bottom of the show for the top five. It's pretty interesting. So um, yeah, so I'm gonna talk about the future of this website a little bit. You know, it's kind of cool that um, a lot of my friends are embracing it now, and, and, and you know, I'm writing these little kind of tongue in cheek, jokey articles. A little bit, they're satirical, but they're also like you know, serious. You know, like I'm a, I'm a Barstool fan, so. You know, I don't want to go full barstool and I don't want to go full, you know, like MMA fighting where they're just like these really hard up liberals that take everything so seriously. Like right before I started recording this, I was watching uh, Errol's show because he had like uh, 800 people on and uh, he was like kind of like tearing up about Connor, about the whole Connor thing because he said Connor was a good guy. And it's just like you, you're taking it way too seriously, man. Like, I mean, what he did was like he didn't like like kill anybody. He didn't like hit a woman or, or, or smack up or rape somebody, like something awful that fighters have done in the past. Like, yeah, I think he maybe crossed the line a little bit, but we hold the tears, man. What are you doing? Like, so that, that's the, that, that's when I started this website. I've said it a million times, and, and I think a lot of my friends are now embracing that. They're embracing the idea behind it. You know, I don't want to go full barstool where it's jokes all the time and and uh, and I like Barstool. I I I want to be a middleman. I want to find the middle ground between that where I can write an article where I can beat AJ Green in a fist fight, or I challenge Stipe to who is the king of Ohio. But also, I like to be able to cover the sport because you know it's a sport that um, you, you know you need knowledgeable people that have been around it and that know what they're talking about to cover it. And I think uh, in MMA, there's not a lot of MMA websites that do that. MMA Junkie. From everyone that I talk to that I know, MMA Junkies, their go-to. It's one of my go-tos. It's one of the few I go to. Um, I used to go to the, the underground, and it, it has now been just clickbait. You know, trying to get you to watch some weird streeting body, um, street fighting videos from India. Um, and, you know, they, they it's just kind of going downhill. The MMA media landscape it, is not what it is. I mean, I'm sure there's some good websites out there that I don't know of. There's not a lot of promotion. It's kind of everyone out for themselves and kind of the same guys that have been in it are always going to be in it. And, and I think uh, I think their times have passed. I think they're too jaded and I think they're too serious, too. I think they, they take themselves way too serious. So the future of this website is growing, at least locally with my friends. I think people are embracing it. Um, people seem to enjoy it. I would love to bring on a, a another writer, another blogger, obviously pro bono until I start selling some ads. But it'd be nice to get kind of a different tone instead of me. You know, they'll post their own articles. They can write whatever they want. 
And then I, 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 I believe it or not, I, I was watching this episode of Alex Inc. If you haven't seen it, you know, we should be sponsored by it. But you know, I'm a big Zach Braff fan, and um, trust me, this is relatable. Uh, he the show's about him um, quitting his job and going to you know start a podcast company, and it's basically based off a real story about his life. Now, the only thing, the only parallel, the only thing I'm taking away from the show is he hired his cousin, who was like his business manager. So his cousin handled all the business side of things, selling ads, doing stuff like that. I'm not a very business savvy guy, so that that's something maybe I need to get like one of my salesman buddies to just sell, 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 you know, because I'm not really that good at it. I'm not a business savvy guy. I'm not like a pushy guy. I think if I ever became a car dealer, like a salesman, car salesman, I, I wouldn't sell no cars. So, you know, that's just it's just something that's popping in my head. I mean, that's just, obviously the dream is, I think the dream for every man would be to run a successful website and podcast and make a little coin out of it. But that's not the point. You know, the point is is, is to kind of let my voice be heard and hopefully some people like my opinions and some people will disagree with that. I'm open for a friendly debate. So let's get, I got that out of the way. Sorry if I, if I, uh. I went on a little too long there, but let's let's jump into the current news. The current news, obviously, I'm gonna. People have been talking this at nauseum. Kind of mentioned earlier with Arrow Hawani getting so upset about the Connor situation. I, I've reflected on it. I know Dana's kind of flip flopped on. He says the most disgusting thing. He kind of spoke to Connor. Then he's like, you know what? I mean, there's other guys out there doing way worse, and he's right. I mean, there is. I mean, NFL. There's a guy. Seems like every week there's an NFL player smacking up a smacking up a woman, and, and it's that's just pitiful. Um, what Connor did is I still think, I think he, I, I said in the podcast on Friday, his intentions, what he, the idea behind what he wanted to do, he wants to prove to Khabib and anybody else. He's not a little bitch. You're not going to corner my friend on his fight week and like, you know, muscle him around and call me Burger King or whatever you're doing. I'm going to show up. And I'm going to get in your face. Now, the only thing I hate about it is obviously he destroyed a bus. He could pay for 20 buses. It doesn't matter. But, you know, Michael Kies is out because he got cut. Ray Borg's out because he got cut. That led to a chain reaction of Anthony Pettis not fighting. That led a chain reaction to Paul Felder not fighting. I, Ally Quinta kind of made out as a winner because he got the title shot. But um, that's the only negative that comes away with it. Obviously, he looked crazy and he had some goons and, you know, some cocaine might have been involved. But um, other than that, like, you know, he could be doing a lot worse. I, I agree with Dana. So I'm flip-flopping a little bit on this, too. I don't like what he did. I don't like the message that he did. But, you know, he's a fighter. He's stepping up for what is right, what is his. And, and, and if you challenge him, you know, and if you watch the video, he's pounding on the window trying to get Khabib. It, it had nothing to do with anybody else. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I still stand by. I think he should have handled it a little bit better, maybe went about it in a different way. But he just, I mean, he flew in on a private jet and to confront a Russian. I mean, if you just say that sentence without any without anything else, I mean, that's a pretty badass sentence. So Arahawani needs to wipe his fucking tears because I don't think this makes Connor a bad guy. I think this makes Connor obviously a hothead and a guy that might, might need to rein it back a little bit. And I think everyone out there knows that. I mean, it, it was a crazy situation. But also, I think just let people know, like, you're not just going to talk shit about me. I'm going to fucking throw a dolly through a window. Like, imagine if he's at a press conference. He's probably going to launch a chair over there. You know, so that's all I'm going to talk about the Connor thing. I know you're going to get all these different views and opinions and how wrong he was and stuff like that. Just give me a little my two cents. Another thing that kind of popped up and I noticed this as well was um, Joe Rogan got a lot of heat for his commentary on the Khabib Al fight because, you know, in the, in the first two rounds it was all Khabib 10 a first round. 
I wouldn't have given it a 10 a second round, but you could argue that. And then Khabib starts standing up with him. And, and, and Joe was just pointing out, you know, he's commenting on a fight and pointing out there's some holes in Khabib's game. And he's 100% right. You know, Khabib was backing straight up and he had his chin way up in the air. He was getting away with it because he kind of had an awkward style. He kind of had like a little shoulder roll. Al had shorter arms. He was throwing his punches a little shorter. He was, his overhand rights were catching Khabib in the shoulder and, and, and not fully landing. So Khabib was getting away with it. However, I've I've watched Khabib's fights and and that's that's his product. He you know if he's not marching forward you know and he, and he's doing the stand up, you know his chin's in the air and he and he's been able to get away with it because he's and he because he throws hard he hits hard and he has a threat of taking him down. Um, I thought Joe Rogan was dead on for this. I I could understand how people could get upset because it feels like maybe he was picking on him considering he was winning the fight. But um, Joe, as always, you know, admitted his mistake and and realized it, that it upset at people and he uh, wrote an apology on Instagram. So that wasn't his attention. He was just, you know, it was it was a live thing. He was just pointing things out live, and and you know he apologized several times, and uh, that you know, that that that's why I like Joe Rogan. He's a guy that you know admits when he's wrong, and I don't think he was wrong, but you know, and I don't think he is going to take back anything he said. I think he said what he said was right. I just think he was apologizing in case anybody got upset about it, which I guess is the right thing to do. But I don't think anybody needs to be upset about it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought Khabib looked good. I thought he looked okay, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. And then, but I thought Joe. You know, I I sometimes disagree with Joe's commentary. Sometimes I think it's it's a little ridiculous, and you know, especially with him and Mike Goldberg when they used to get each other going. And now that it's a three man booth, you got three heads that are kind of, you know, it's almost like a pissing contest when when Joe and Dominic Cruz get together. You know, who knows more and who's right about what because you know they disagree a little bit. But um, yeah. So that that was a little ridiculous to me that Joe had apologized, but. You know, he's a big enough man to do it. And then the uh, third thing, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, there was a Showtime boxing. Uh, I don't know if it was a pay-per-view. I think it was on Showtime. They had Floyd come on, talk to Jim Gray. Jim Gray asked if he's fighting again. He said, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about it, but my next fight has to be in the octagon. And then he went on to say that um, Showtime and CBS has to be involved. Uh, a, a media member brought that to Dana, and Dana said, "Listen, I would love for Floyd to come over and fight with us. I would, that, obviously, that's big money. If he's really taking it seriously, we we're interested. But CBS or Showtime can't be involved." And then he made like a little remark. I think it was just like a soundbite where he said, "Well, we'll go to HBO. Um, that's gonna be a big hurdle. I know. I know Showtime. I know. I believe." Floyd's contract with Showtime is up. I don't know, obviously, what the clause is. I know he had he had four or five fights with them. It's like a hundred ninety million dollar deal, maybe even more than that. I could be lowballing it, um, but he he's done fighting. He retired. He he finished his contract. So I think theoretically he could go elsewhere. But if you remember the Floyd Connor fight, UFC didn't promote it at all. It was Showtime. It was Mayweather promotion. It was McGregor promotion. Dana White was there, and he was wearing Zufa boxing shirts, and he was obviously, everyone knows Dana White's part of the UFC. Everyone knows you, Connor's, you know, uh, a UFC uh, champion, fighter. He trained his whole camp at the Performance Institute. So there was some buzz there, but they weren't the promoters. Now, if Floyd comes over to the UFC, it should be a UFC Floyd Mayweather promotion, nothing else. Showtime, CBS, pff, get the fuck out. You know, you don't need to be a part of that because... UFC was left out before. I know they got a cut of Connor's pay, what what have you. There was a deal worked out for them uh, for them to do that. It was, it was unprecedented, but yeah, I uh, I don't think Showtime or CBS need to be involved in any of that. I think it's a huge fight if he does it. I don't think he's doing it. I think he's posturing. 
I I mean, Tyron Woodley's coming out saying he's serious. He's training at MMA this week. Uh, Tyron Woodley is in Missouri. Floyd Mayweather is in Vegas. I don't know what the fuck Tyron Woodley knows or anything like that. I'm sure Floyd Mayweather has stepped into a cage somewhere in Vegas and, and maybe, you know, wrestled or, you know, did something with somebody, and then now he's an MMA fighter. I don't see it until I believe it. I, I kind of hope he doesn't do it. I am a Floyd fan. I'm a Floyd fan for boxing. If he comes over, he's gonna get taken down. He's gonna get pounded. I mean, it's just it it just is what it is. I mean, he just it's too long. He's too set in his ways. I mean, his boxing style won't work when kicks and elbows and grappling's involved. And he's been doing it for so long that it's 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 not easy to switch what you're doing. So I will still watch it though. Take my money. I'll watch it. Fuck it. All right. So two twenty three was this Saturday, and boy was it a headache. Boy was it a mess. Um, overall, okay pay-per-view. There's some things that stood out. It was nine fights instead of 12 or 11, you know. And uh, Khabib, to me, we'll jump right into Khabib and Al. Huge respect for Al for taking this fight, first off. Looked okay. Al looked okay. I don't think Al's a world beater by any chance. He has, he has a solid wrestling base. He has some pretty good power. I rewatched all his, his recent fights. He's been really inactive. I think that hurt him, too. He uh, was on the Arrow show just before talking about how he does things in the gym that he didn't do there. And I think that has a lot to do with the inactive, you know, not being in the cage. He took two years off, then he fought Diego Sanchez, which lasted a minute. And then he took another year off and he took the Khabib fight. So um, him being a little more active is obviously going to help a lot of those things where he wants to do things in training. He's just not pulling the trigger in the cage. But... You know, respect to Al. Um, I thought, you know, he he was tough. He could have easily. There was a couple times where I thought Khabib had a choke and uh, Al fought through it. I mean, he could have easily just tapped, and the nightmare would have been over. And everyone would respect him for what he did, but he didn't. He hung in there. He hung in tough, and uh, finished a five round decision. I think Khabib is probably the biggest loser out of that. Again, this is go back to what Rogan said. I thought he looked average, which is. An average to Khabib is a high bar. Obviously, he had two 10-8 rounds out of five. Two out of five, two 10-8 rounds, I believe, was what was scored. That's nuts for me to be sitting here saying he looked average, right? I thought he should have finished Al. I thought he should have came out a little more aggressive. I thought he didn't look as good as he did against Barboza. Now, I know Barboza is a different fighter than Al. Al has good takedown defense. He has good takedowns himself. Bigger, you know, I think bigger hand power than Barboza. Um, Bob Rose, I was those kicks, but um, it, I, it was a weird fight to me. It, it really was. I didn't think Khabib performed at its best. I thought he has a, I think he has a better performance. Now the conspiracy theories will go out saying Khabib fought like that and kind of coasted so he can get Connor to come out and, and really unleash what he's made of. That's all bullshit. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I think um, he, I think he got thrown off by the 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 switch of opponents, and I can't blame him. I mean, not many people would accept that fight. Khabib comes out there, he does one thing, he does it really well. I thought it was really weird that he was going for those weird ankle pick takedowns, and, and it worked. You know, he he dove for an ankle, grabbed hold of it, and then went up to a single and then dumped him. He done, he did that a couple times. Um, I thought it was weird that he didn't, you know, pressure him against the cage, and I don't think there was a ton of pressure on his part. And then, you know, rounds three, four, and five, he mostly stood up a little bit and, and – had a sharp jab, but um, yeah, he, he definitely had some weakness in the stand-up, I thought. I mean, regardless of how good your chin is, guys who, who keep their chin up there with that weird, awkward style, I mean, they're going to get clipped one or another. I mean, Stephen Wonderboard Thompson kind of, 
he he moves really well. He has a, a very unique style. He's a karate guy, and he moves side to side really well, back to back really well. And he keeps his chin in the air when he backs up, and then he keeps his hand low. And Tyron Woodley put him on his butt. Matt Brown hurt him, and Matt Brown beat him. Same with Sean O'Malley, the the new kid. He's got some awkward style too, kind of you know, and his chin's way up in the air, and and he he gets he's hittable. We haven't seen him put out or really get put down yet, but uh, he's definitely hittable. And uh, I just I just think he, Khabib needs to sharpen that up. I, I, I think, and I tweeted this out, and I stand by it, I think Tony or Max, more leaning more so Max, because Max is a really, really good striker. Tony's kind of – Tony's a good striker too, but he's more, like, wild. I think Max is more refined. I think Max could have beat him. I mean, I know on six days' notice with that big weight cut, it would have been hard, but I think Max could have really, really given really, really uh, Khabib a good fight. Um, but, yeah, it's so hard for me to say he looked average because I think he's one of the best in the world. I just expect it more against a guy who was, you know, inactive for so long, who's 11th ranked. And then um, we got Rose, who's a superstar. Rose looked unbelievable. I was flip-flopping back and forth on that fight. I, that was one of the best we have ever seen Joanna look. Joanna looked in shape. She looked fast. She looked powerful. And Rose beat her on a game. Rose went for a couple takedowns. She got a takedown at the end of the fifth round, which I think won her the round. There was another time I think they were clinched up where she might have went for a takedown. But when when Rose was coming forward and when Rose was closing the distance and, and not letting Yoana counter, she was cracking Yoana really, really well, and I was really impressed. I mean, her movement's great. I, th- I thought Rose looked better this fight than she did the first fight. I know the first fight ended you know, in the first round. But um, I think she looked unbelievable. Uh, she she I don't know if she hurt Yoana, but she definitely I felt like she she wobbled her a few times, didn't drop or anything. Yoana looked great too. I thought this fight was very close. I thought I thought Rose won three to two. Um, but it, the 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 a lot of people were saying, oh, that that Yoana won three to two. So it's one of those things. It's one of those judgment calls. Yoana thinks she's won. She she won. She's came out and said that multiple times. They have to do a third fight. I, I think Joanna with with the new nutritionist. I think I don't think she's super excited to go to one twenty five just yet. So I think um, I think one fifteen she will just stay. I don't I don't see a third fight happening right away. You know you got Carolina, you got Jessica Andres, you got Tisha Torres. There's a lot of people for Rose to fight, and a lot of people for Joanna to fight as well. Um, I would like to see her go to one twenty five because uh, you know I don't think she's like a, obviously she's not a big woman, but I think one twenty five I think she could fill out a little bit more. She does have a little bit bigger legs, bigger frame than Rose, um, kind of a wider back. I would like to see her go to one twenty five eventually. I think that is inevitable, but I guess she she wants the fifteen. I mean she's not going to quit till she gets Rose again. I think a third fight's warranted. I'd watch a third fight, maybe not as a main event because Rose has won the first two. And this goes back to the numbers thing, you know. Like I said earlier, Dennis Holman has Matt Hughes' number. There's fighters out there that just have other fighters' numbers, and um, and this is I think this is one of those cases. But um, yeah, so that was that was fantastic. Rose is a bona fide superstar. Zabif Maripov Sharipov. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Not even gonna try. Actually, I just did try it. I'm embarrassing myself. He looked great. Um, you know, this was a pretty quick turnaround for him. His second UFC fight. Reports are that he broke his hand in the warm-up. He fought Kyle Bogniak. Bogniak, a guy who I knew a little bit about. I've seen him fight before. Um, just came out like a freight train, man. He was putting his hands down. He's letting Zabib hit him, and Zabib was moving well. They both got a little tired towards the end of the round. Impressive performance by Zabib. I think uh, if he's going to contend with guys at 145, he's going to need to put on – I mean, he's kind of long and lanky. I like his style. He's more of a grappler. He's got good, good boxing, though. He works with Mark Henry. Um, he had a good left hook. I mean, I was surprised that his uh, his left hand was broken because he threw about 1,800 left hooks. 
But um, I thought I thought he looked okay. I thought I, I don't think he's a world beater just yet. I think he needs to work on a stand up a little bit. He had, showed a pretty good chin. He, he took some shots. Bodniak showed a great chin. I think Bodniak maybe won more fans because of his shit talking and his screaming stuff. Deserved fight of the night. Great fight. Great. It was the fight of the night. Um, but Zeb's got some some interesting one forty five stacked right now. I'd like to see him against a go against a, a real tough grinder to see how good his ground game really is, or maybe like an elite striker to see you know see what he can do at 145. Um, but the guy has promise. Anytime um, Mark Henry decides to unretire, you know, when Frankie was done, he was going to retire. And uh, he decided not to because this kid was so good. Another Dagestan kid. They all got the same beers. They all, they all kind of look the same. And the one thing that's about him is they're all tough as shit, man. Like, uh, this guy's not quitting. So I like him. He's a good star. He's not one of my guys yet. He's not one of my guys. I'll let you know when he becomes one of my guys. That's a covenant list that you need to get on, that you got to wait for. And uh, he's not quite there yet. Two two last things we'll talk about, UFC 223. Um, Joe Lozon, I think, needs to hang him up. He looks slow. He looked tired. He, no head movement, just stuck in place, kept his hands up. Um, the guy he fought, Chris Grusmacher, who's not a world beater. He's tough. He's a tough guy. But... Um, it's weird when did you know i'm I'm so old like i remember vividly joe lozon this young kid who has like a computer science degree and he won the fight and he came in he was like 11 plus 1100 underdog to jen's pulver and he knocks jen pulver out in the first round i mean that that's crazy and he goes from that to going to the ultimate fighter and 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 uh the guy's had a great career it's weird that he's like the old guy now he's like the old guard um i think a lot of things attributed to that to him obviously he's been in a lot of wars um, his chin held up fairly well. I, I didn't know if it would. Grismacher hit him with some big shots. But um, ultimately, I think it's just, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he owns his own gym in Boston. He doesn't leave. He has the same boxing coach. You know, there, it wouldn't hurt to mix up and get some different looks because you're not really involving. I think uh, he's a smart guy. I think he needs to kind of maybe see that, that, that he's not evolving and it might be time to get out. I mean, maybe one more fight. Give him one more fight. Um, and then let him go off the sunset because he, he's 34, 33, 34, but he's an old 33, 34. It's been a lot of wars. His face was a complete mess. They stopped the fight because his eyes were so bad. I mean, um, I, I just think it's time. You know, I, I, I'm in no position until I fight or retire, but Joe Lozon looked, I mean, he looked like he was fighting in quicksand. He might have had an injury, but the past, I mean, that's three, in a, three losses in a row. I don't know. I want to say three stoppages in a row, at least two out of three. I don't have his record in front of me. I know his last fight was Clay Guida where he got knocked out in the first round, and then now he got stopped with some uh, with some punches um, with the eyes and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unless uh, – get a new face retired because you have so much scar tissue. So I don't think you can get a new face. I don't think face-off technology works yet. Um, I can get my contacts. Uh, I can ask John Travolta, Nicholas Cage – if that is true, lame joke, sorry. Um, and the last thing is, is Morcano against Calvin Cater, another fight that was really, really hard to pick. Went back and forth. I said on the podcast that if Morcano was the underdog, I would pick him. And uh, they were dead even, so I think I, I, I did go with Calvin Cater. Um, my bets my bets were terrible. I went I went nine for nine. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, there was nine fights. I bet all nine fights. I was out after the first fight. The, the barn burner between Devin Clark and Mike Rodriguez. I had Mike Rodriguez, thought he was a more powerful guy, hurt Devin Clark in the first round, and then just laid an egg. So embarrassing. So I was out, you know, from the get-go. I got a lot of the fights right. I did miss uh, on the Calvin Cater-McConnor fight, so it's all mute. 
Um, that's on money because I, I, I do think Makano is very underrated. I thought he looked great against Jeremy Stevens. I thought he looked great against Brian Ortega until he got caught. I thought he looked great against Calvin Cater, who's no easy fight. Calvin Cater is a good grappler, good striker, has some knockout power, young kid. And uh, Makano just beat him to the punch and, and landed bigger shots and really and really did his game as opposed to Calvin Cater's game. Um, and it was very, very impressive. I was very impressed with Moicano and the fight. And Calvin Cater looked great, too. And um, I, I, uh, that was it. That's UFC 20, 223. I, went, uh, I didn't win any money. I didn't put a lot in the pot. The, uh, I, I'm kind of glad because the whole card went to shit. And um, I, I'm glad I didn't put anything in. Although I should have put, when I, when I made my bet, Rose is a plus one on five. By fight night, she was dead even. So I wish I maybe would have put a little, little more money on Rose because I did think, uh, I thought it was gonna. I didn't think, I didn't predict exactly how it was gonna go. I thought Rose was had a good shot to win. I thought she was gonna stop her though. I thought Joanna would win the decision. I thought Rose would stop her. So I was half right. You get points for half right. So uh, let's end the show with the top five. I don't have a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save my hot take for Friday. I'm gonna do two shows this week. I'm going to cover, on Friday, I'm going to cover the uh, UFC Glendale show, which is an amazing show for Saturday. I'm going to go over my picks. I'm going to go over my hot ticket of the week there. I'll end the show with my top five. And this week, in honor of WrestleMania, which was last night, I was a wrestling fan as a kid. Haven't seen a wrestling event in, I mean, probably 10, 15 years, maybe even longer since I've seen a pay-per-view. I watched WrestleMania last night for the first time, so I figured, um, for the first time in a while, I should say, so I figured I'd do the top five WWE wrestlers who I want to see compete in MMA. And this is, you can take this however you want. I mean, currently, all these guys I'm probably going to name are, are past their prime, and they probably won't do so well in MMA. Maybe some of them will, but um, but these are the guys that I would love, maybe in their prime or, or a peak of their career. I would like to see those guys in MMA. So number five, Steve Blackman. Now, if you're asking yourself who Steve Blackman is, go ahead and slap yourself in the face. Because Steve Blackman was a guy in the Attitude Era with no personality. His hair was connected to his beard. It was all one length. He wore black karate pants, just black gi pants with no top gi top. Ripped the shit. And he had kendo sticks. And he came out and he did all this like weird kendo karate or whatever it was. I, I don't know what karate master he was. I'm sure he got his black belt under Steven Seagal. And uh, he had a, he had a few with uh, Shane McMahon. And uh, Shane McMahon fell off the Titantron or whatever they call it. But uh, Steve Blackman, this guy, I, I mean, I want to see him fight because I want to fight him is what I'm saying. I don't know. The guy's probably like 60 now. I don't know what he's doing. But he came out. He had this all karate thing. And it was, it was right around the Ken Shamrock thing. I believe he had a, a few with Ken Shamrock. I think they did like some weird like Lion's Den fight or something. I don't know why I'm remembering that. But um, I would love to see what he would have done in the UFC uh, or any kind of MMA. I don't think he didn't make it to the UFC. But when you come out with black e pants and, and you say you're a master of some kind of martial arts, then you better prove it. So he's at number five. Number four, Bill Goldberg. Uh, Bill Goldberg used to do a segment on MMA. I believe he's a huge MMA fan. On MMA, the Boz Rutten show, I don't remember what it was called. Um, I believe he did like a segment where he'd go and train a little bit. I know he's trained with Kimbo Slice before, and they did a video about it. Bill Goldberg is a is an athlete. I mean, the guy was a good football player. He played for the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. I don't think he was like, I don't think he played play, but he was at training camp. He, you know, he had a good you know good run. He's very athletic, and he's he's a giant guy. So um, 
I thought I would, I would like to see Bill Goldberg at the height of the Bill Goldberg era fighting MMA. I thought that'd be interesting. I, I think a really good athlete like that, he obviously has like the resume of Brock Lesnar minus the wrestling. I think uh, I think he would have done well. I don't think he I don't you know I don't know if the spear would have been as effective as it is in wrestling, but I, I would have definitely liked to have seen it. I think it would have been a uh, an interesting thing for Bill Goldberg to come over in MMA. He's a fan. I think it's obviously too late now. He's probably in his fifties. I don't know what he's doing, but uh, yeah. So Bill Goldberg, number five, number three, and a lot of people are surprised. This probably should be higher. I know he's an MMA fan. He's a boxing fan. Um, the Rock. Similar to Bill Goldberg, he's stated several times that if if UFC was if MMA and UFC was as big as wrestling was when he came out of college, he would have probably been a, an MMA fighter. I don't know how I believe that because he has like a whole generation of wrestlers. You know, he was a national champion at Miami, wasn't good enough to go play in the NFL, came over to wrestling because of whatever. He's rocking my via, and now he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. I would like. I mean, The Rock is built built good he's he's tall he's big he's strong um he's quick you know he was uh he was he's just an all-around good good athlete so why not let's let, let's throw him in the mma um this, is, this would be something i'd be very interested in i don't know who he obviously be heavyweight i feel like he could get leaned down i mean i know he's giant now but when he was like rocking my via he was like kind of pudgy i think he could have probably maybe leaned down and go to 205 him and chuck liddell would have been interesting and my number two is Kurt Angle. Maybe should have been number one. As I'm looking at this list, maybe I regret him being number two. But you know what? Fucking no. No take backs. Kurt Angle, number two. Obviously, he's an Olympic gold medalist. He, again, has said he would have, if, if the UFC and, and MMA was as big as when he came out of the Olympics, he would have, he would have preferred to do this. Um, he pr- portrayed some weird Russian in that MMA movie with Tom Hardy, I think it was. Maybe it wasn't Tom Hardy. Maybe it was Kevin James. Was it the Kevin James movie? One of the movies. He played some, like, he, he tried to play Fedor in an in a, in a MMA movie. Um, and apparently, you know, he had trained a little bit of MMA. I know his neck's fucked up. I know he's like a thousand years old now. He would have been interesting because he was a really, really good wrestler. And, and I've, I've seen him wrestle in the Olympics. He was fantastic. I think anybody that wrestles in college, if you don't coach wrestling and you don't live your life wrestling i think you need to come over to mma i know there's a lot of money in wwe but you know obviously i'm biased i would prefer these guys to go to mma as opposed to wwe number one the dead man the undertaker only because he wears the mma gloves he's he was he did that whole bit with brock lesnar he is one of his submissions is a triangle choke I heard he's a huge boxing fan. I believe he's an MMA fan. I, I would have to imagine with his gloves and with his triangle and stuff. Probably trains a little bit. Huge guy, 6'10", 7 foot, whatever he is. Um, the height advantage alone is is really good for a heavyweight MMA. But they dubbed him last night when he wrestled John Cena. And uh, when I, the moments I was paying attention, they dubbed him the best striker ever in WWE. So I would, the guy is a legend in WWE. I would like to see him come over to MMA, see if his shitty triangle works, or go-go plaza. I don't know exactly what his what he does. Um, I, but I, I just think it's funny that they, they called him the best striker in WWE. I didn't even know that was like a term. Um, but speaking of that, Ronda Rousey, very entertaining, very entertaining match. I, I, I'm not a Ronda fan particularly, but I can't hate on her. I thought it was, it was, thought it was very entertaining. I thought she did a lot better than I thought. Um, so kudos to her. Because that's my list. 
yeah, that's my list. Kurt Angle should probably be number one because I, I, out of this list, I think Kurt Angle would be the best. I think he would transition the best to MMA, and I think that uh, Steve Blackman's a bum, but he's got to be number five. So that's it. I'm going to have another show up this week to go over the UFC Glendale card, which is absolutely packed. Maybe I'll have a get-together for that since this past weekend got fucking ruined by all these jamokes. All right. Ah, nuts. The podcast is over. But that's all right because you can hit the subscribe button and get a notification every time I post a new podcast. And while you're over there, you can rate and review us as well. If you need more content, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MMA Takes. And don't forget to go to MMATakes.com for all your MMA needs.